Hi, welcome to the New Story Church podcast. We hope that this week's message encourages you and brings you closer to Jesus. Ready to roll? Faith over fear. Go for it, bro. Thank you, thank you. Um, We'll pray first and jump into it because I need need all my time. Uh, So, uh, Lord, let the words in my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Speak to your people, speak a life-changing word that will change their hearts, that will change their minds and their perspective. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Right. Um, yeah, so we're in the series Life-Changing Stories, and um, uh, I, I'll, I'll just start us off by saying that I, I love stories, and I love, I just love any story, it doesn't matter the format, the books or movies or whatever, it's just, I, I really do love a good story. And I especially love stories with, with morals in them, m- meaning the, the story has, has hidden lessons within it, right? Disney does a great job at, of, of uh, telling these types of stories. Uh, but um, Jesus, Jesus was the absolute best, right, at storytelling. And he was the best at, he was. <laughs> and he was the best at uh, teaching a lesson by telling a story, giving you an illustrated Teach uh, an illustrated lesson, right? By telling the story. Um, so uh, uh, this this story uh, that that he told, he would call you know uh, parables, right? And uh, he would he would teach a lesson so powerful that we're still learning from it two thousand years later, right? Um, this one is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, it's called the parable of the three servants, or uh, whatever your version says. It might might say the parable of the talents, right? That's the better the better known name. And um, uh, so it's Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, if you want to follow along. We, it won't come up on the screen, and we won't read it all because it's a lot, and I've already given the production team a hard time with my notes. Um, so I'll retell the story, but before I jump into it, uh, I want to give context. So Jesus, he's in the middle of telling these, these back-to-back parables, right, these stories, and uh, he's, he's teaching about what the kingdom of heaven is like, right? What uh, the time of his return will be like. And uh, in this one in particular, he's, he's, telling, uh, he's teaching a lesson on um, stewardship of gifts. That means uh, um, being responsible for what you're given, right? And um, that sounds like I gave away the story like a spoiler, right? <laughs> but there's so much more going on in it. Um, that I think we can learn a lot. So uh, I'll, I'll attempt to retell the story that Jesus told, and then we'll jump into the text uh, right at the end. Uh, so it starts like this. Um, don't you hate when people try to tell a story and, and, and never get it right with the original, but I'll, 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 attempt, <laughs> I'll attempt it. Uh, so um, Jesus starts off, he says, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a man going away on a journey, right? And... Uh, he entrusts his wealth to his servants while he's gone. Um, to one servant, he gives five bags of silver. Uh, to the other servant, he gives two bags of silver. And to the last servant, he gives one bag of silver, each one according to their ability. Right. Um, and then he goes away on his trip. And the servant that received the five bags, he gets to work right away. He invests and he earns five more. The servant that received the two bags, he gets to work. He earns two more. The servant with the one bag, though, he, he buried his gift, right? And so the master comes back, and he, he calls the servants to him to give an account of what they've done. The, the servant with the five bags, he, he came forward. He said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver. Look, I've earned five more. The master was elated, right? He said, 
He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you responsible over many things. Come celebrate with me. The servant with the two bags, he comes forward. He says, master, you gave me two bags of silver. Look, I flipped it. I flipped the bag. That's slang terminology for double the, the double. Some of you know it. Okay, I, I'm glad you know it. I don't have to explain it. Um, so he doubled he doubled the bag and he, and he said, "Look, I, I got four. I got two more." And the master is elated. He said, "He said, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you responsible over many things." And the servant with the one bag came forward, and that's what we're going to read. We're going to start in chapter twenty. I'm sorry, chapter uh, twenty-five, verse twenty-four. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. The master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I, I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right. So um, when I first chose uh, this story uh, to speak on this parable, um, I thought I had a clear direction, right? I was, all, I was all excited. I thought I knew a clear direction that I wanted to go until I sat down and actually dug into the story. And I, and I saw that Jesus is teaching something so much more deep than just stewardship of gifts. And then I got a little panicky and I was like, oh, man, I regretted choosing this one because I didn't know if I would have enough time to unpack and and dig up all the jewels that he had hidden in this story. But I'm going to try. So um, so I'm calling this this message uh, the value of knowing. Right. The value of knowing. And uh, what we're going to do is just walk back through the text. uh, But before I do that, I just wanted to, like, clear up something uh, and clarify something. In the, in the version that I'm reading, uh, New Living, uh, it says that the master gave bags of silver to the, to the servants. Um, other versions say bags of gold. Uh, other versions say uh, talent. Uh, the Greek word was a talenton, where we get the English word talent from. And a talent was uh, a weight of measure, a unit of measure, and it was equal to about 75 pounds, right? Um, I like talent better than silver or gold just because it's closer to the, the types of gifts that I'll be referring to when I go through the message. When I refer to, to gifts in the message, I'll be referring to God-given strengths, abilities, and or persons of value. God-given strengths, abilities, and or persons of value. Um, what am I talking about? <laughs> uh, um, I, believe that, I believe that God has gifted us all, gifted you all with something, right? Something special. And um, it, it, it may not be a 75-pound bag of silver or gold. And if it is, uh, I'd like to see you after service. We can, uh, we can uh, help you spend that. <laughs> um, that's a joke, by the way. <laughs> um, don't, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, it might not be that. It might not be material. But um, I do believe that God has given us something of value, uh, a, a, a special ability or a gift or strength 
of value that he wants us to be using for the benefit of the kingdom of heaven, right? Um, but the problem is that I've noticed is that too many of us, uh, we, we, we don't use our gifts, right? We, um, we, we, we overlook our gifts or we don't use it or, or we, we, we bury it, right? Not using it at all. So uh, part of the reason why I'm up here today uh, um, is, to, is to get us all to, to fully utilize the gifts that God has given us, right? Our God-given gifts. But it's hard to use something that you don't recognize that you have. You know, um, a lot of times uh, today, in today, especially today's, today's day, we, uh, we don't recognize a gift or we don't recognize something as a gift if it can't be done in front of an audience or, or, or for, for a crowd or for a group. Um, you know, like, uh, like singing and dancing and, and uh, teaching magic, ventriloquism, whatever it is. We don't consider it a gift if it can't be done in front of an audience. And I wanted to, I wanted to break up that, that misconception and, and kind of broaden our perception of what a God-given gift is, right? So um, did you know that your, your caring nature could be considered a gift? That could be a gift. Um, everybody care, or a lot of people care, but but not not everybody do it naturally. Some people do it naturally uh, at an un- unnaturally high level without even trying. Right? That that's a gift, or your 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 personality, or your or your smile, or or uh, your 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 unusual ability to fix things, or build things, or or organize things and administer. That's all. That's all gifts. Right? I I want us I want us to stop uh, overlooking and undervaluing what God has given us. Um, so, so things like things that you should never say or think uh, is, is uh, well, I'm not gifted. You know, I don't have a gift. Or, or uh, I'm just a, you know, you know that one? I'm, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, right? And that's a terrible thing to say. No, no, no you're, 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 you're not just a stay-at-home mom. You're, you're the most valuable source in the child's life. That's, that's forming and shaping the types of human beings that little person's going to grow to be, right? That's cultivating a gift. Children are a gift from the Lord. Psalms 127 and 3, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, children are a gift from the Lord. And, uh, and they, don't, they don't always seem like it, you know, uh, when, they, when they throw your keys in the toilet or, or, or when they lose your medicine, right? Um, but children are a gift from the Lord. And uh, your spouse, your spouse is a gift, right? You know, um, and they, they might not seem like it when they do the, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave that alone. My wife, I think my wife is watching. Um, uh, but, but, but spouses are gifts, right? Because uh, two is better than one. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10, two are better than one because they can help each other succeed. And when one falls, the other can help, help them up. But if someone falls alone, they're in real trouble, right? So how, how many people are in real trouble? How many people fall alone? Children, spouses are gifts. It's not good for man to be alone, right? Yeah. So uh, spouses are gifts. Children are gifts. Uh, you, you, won't like, you, you may not like this one. Um, uh, this, is, this one's not for everybody. And that's fine because not everybody's you know, reached this level yet graduated to this level yeah and, and that's cool too because I, it took me years to get to the place uh, but I'm I, I'm at the spirit, the place of spiritual maturity where I consider my struggles and my hardships as gifts anybody else feel like that I could all right good yeah um, 
struggles are gifts. Look, look what uh, Psalms 119, 71 and 72 says. It says, my suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. That's a gift. That is a gift. Um, uh, I, I used to read that uh, when I was younger uh, in King James. I grew up with King James Version. And it started that, that verse off, 71. It started off and said, uh, 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 it was good for me that I was afflicted. It was good for me. And I would read that. I'm like, afflicted? Good? That don't, that don't, that don't make sense, right? But uh, I grew up, and I had some life experience. I've experienced some things. And today I'm able to look back and say, yeah, it was good for me that I was afflicted because it taught me a valuable lesson. The, the value that I got out of the lesson was worth more than it cost me to go through the suffering, right? And that's a gift. And not only is it a gift to me, but it's also a gift to, to others, right? I can, I can share that gift. It's a shareable gift. I can share my testimony and help other people to get through what I lived through or help them, better yet, help them to, to, to avoid going through what I went through, right? I can give them the full value of the gift, the full value of the lesson without them having to, to, to pay the cost of the suffering. And that's a gift. That's a huge gift, right? Um, so uh, what are your gifts? What are your gifts? What are the things that you naturally do at a high level uh, without trying? What are, you, what, what, are you, what are you overlooking or, or undervaluing in, in your life? Uh, I want you to, to kind of have that in your mind. Think about that, whatever your gifts are or whatever you think your gifts might be. Put that in your mind. And, and, whenever, and I'm going to go back through the text. Whenever I refer to bags of silver, bags of gold, talents, just replace that with your gifts, right? So, yeah, so the story starts off with the master going away, and he's going on a trip, and he entrusts his, his, his wealth to his servants. Um, first thing I'll point out is, is my first point, the value of knowing ownership. The value of knowing ownership. So uh, the talents belong to the master, not the servants. He just entrusted them to the servants, right? Um, and the same way, the gifts that God has given to you don't belong to you. They belong to him, right? He's the owner. He's just entrusted them to us, right? Um, we, we run into problems. We run into issues when we start to think of ourselves as owners of the gift. When, cause, because when you're the owner, you can treat it however you want, right? You can treat it casually. Um, have you, have you ever been in possession of, uh, of something that, that doesn't belong to you? Like somebody lets you uh, borrow a book or a DVD or something. Don't, don't you treat it differently, right? You treat it, don't you treat it with like the utmost care? If, if you're not a trifling person, don't you, <laughs> don't you, treat, it, don't you treat it better? Um, because you know that um, this is not mine. And if anything happens to this, I'll be held responsible, right? So same concept applies here. Uh, when you recognize, when we recognize that I'm in possession of a gift that doesn't belong to me, then I'll, I would uh, treat the gift a little better, right? I'll treat it with more respect, more care. I'll probably steward it better because I know that if something happens to this, if I mistreat this, then I'm held responsible, right? Um, you still got your gifts in mind, right? You, all right, your, uh, your spouse, your kids, 
your unique ability to listen or whatever it is. Um, yeah, with, with ownership comes expectation. With, it comes expectation. And if I'm not the owner, then I'm expected to treat it in a certain way. And that's, yeah, that's a smooth transition into my, my next point, the value of knowing expectation. The value of knowing, knowing expectation. So when, when the master's handing out the, um, the, uh, the talents, he's, he's doing it with an expectation, right? And he doesn't, he doesn't express what it is. He doesn't, he doesn't say what my, he doesn't say, hey, take this five uh, talents. I want you to do this with it. Take this two. I want you to, no, he, he doesn't express it. But we see, we see that later on when he, when he returns. Right, so um, what is the expectation of the master? He expects increase. He expects increase. Right, um, the, and the same way with us. God is expecting increase from our gifts. He's expecting an increase. We see that when, they, when he returns and, and uh, the first two servants, they say, they present the increase to him. They say, uh, look, you know, I, I flipped it. Uh, I, I doubled up. Um, and the master says, well done. Well done. You, you used well what you were given, right? Um, yeah, you, you, you used well what you were, what you were given. So... That, and it's the same, and it's the same way with us. God hasn't given us gifts just to just to be the owners of them, or just to just to have them, right? Uh, just to be the only ones that benefit from it. God wants to use our gifts, right? And he 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 wants he, what he, he's expecting is a return on his investment. So, um, how do you provide increased returns on invested gifts? You use your gifts in service of others. You, you work the gift. Work the gift. That's how you work your gift. That's how you, that's how you provide increase. You, you, you use it, your gift to help as many people as you possibly can, right? And you work the gift. Because part of the problem that the third servant had was that he didn't work, you know, and he just buried his gift. And for that, the master called him, he called him lazy. All right. Um, uh, 2, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse... Verse 15 says, uh, uh, study to show thyself approved, a workman who need not be ashamed of his work. That, that, what, that, what that means is, you know, you work. If you work, really work your gift, you'll, you, you'll have no need to be ashamed. When it's time to, um, when it's time to show, show and prove, there's no, there's no need to be ashamed because I put in the work, right? So um, I had a smooth transition uh, from my last point. And I don't really have a smooth transition for this one. I couldn't get that creative. So I'll just give it to you. The value of knowing allocation. The value of knowing allocation. And uh, so when the master's handing out the, the talents, he's, 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 he's doing it uh, based on ability, right? So he, he's allocating it based on ability. That's, that's the control. Um, God does it the same way. He, he, he gives us gifts based on our ability to handle it. Um, he's, he's a fair God. He's, a, he's just. And it'll be, it would be unfair for him to give us something and, and make us responsible for something that we're not able to handle, right? And um, it's also, un, it's also un, uh, unresponsible, um, it's, it's irresponsible of us to want something that we're not able to handle. So um, we should never, we shouldn't really be thinking or saying things like, oh, I wish I was, I was more gifted. I wish I had more gifts, or I wish I had his gifts or her gifts. Right? No, God, God is just, he's fair, he's given us what he's given us based on what we can truly handle, right? So, um, 
and, and so we, we know that if we're, if we're given more, we, we, can, we can handle more, right? Uh, to whom much is given, much is required. And there's a, there's a jewel of wisdom there. And it's that uh, no matter how I, I think or, or feel about my, my own uh, capabilities or, or how incapable I might feel or think, um, if God has given me a gift, I know, like he knows, that I'm able to handle it. I can, I can handle it, right? Um, yeah. And uh, for those who, who feel like they're, they're not as gifted as other people, I have a jewel of wisdom for you, too. Um, and I'm calling it, I'm going to call it the, uh, the value of knowing application, the value of knowing application. So when the master's handing out, um, the gifts, when he's allocating the gifts, he's, he's placed a control on, on the allocation, right? Um, but he hasn't placed a control on, on the application of the gift. So, so based on the ability, you, you get this much, but there's no control placed on the application. What does that mean? Um, it means I might have one gift. I may have been entrusted with just one gift, but there's no limit. There's no limit to the number of ways that I can apply that gift, which also means there's no limit to the amount of increase I can produce. Right. Um, so uh, if I have if I have the one if I've been entrusted with one gift of caring for people, then I could I could care for people as a profession on my job. Uh, I can care for people uh, within my family who fall ill, or I, I can care for people in the church who are grieving. I can I can teach other people how to be more caring, or, or all, in all the all the proper ways of caring for someone. That's one gift, many different applications, right? And and those many different applications have the possibility of yielding much fruit, just like one seed can produce many fruit, much fruit. Right. That's that's being fruitful and multiplying. That's a relationship between seed and fruit. One to many. One to many relationship. Right. Um, that's why the the uh, the servant with the two didn't have to compare his two to the servant with the five because he was busy applying his two. Right. And uh, the, the servant with the one should have been busy applying his one. So. Um, another part of uh, why I'm up here today, another goal I want to achieve is, is uh, to get us to, to fully uh, appreciate the value of the gifts that we've been given. The value of the gifts that we've been given. Because we, we can't, you can't properly use a gift if you don't, if you don't know its value, right? Um, and uh, I'm calling that the value of knowing value. The value of knowing value. Um, what does that mean? Uh, could you, could you imagine having a 75-pound bag of silver or gold and not knowing what it was worth? And so you treat it as if it had no worth, you bury it. Wouldn't that be crazy? Um, we have to be careful. We have to be careful of how we, how we value, how we treat the gifts that we've been given, right? Because remember, it doesn't belong to you and it has value and will be held accountable for it, right? And um, there's, there's, a, there's a pretty clear uh, warning in, in, in the story, in the, in the parable, of what happens when you mistreat or, or, or if you don't value the gifts that you're given. If you, if you treat well what you're given, you'll be given more, and you'll have an abundance, right? But if you don't value what, or, or if you don't use well what you've been given, it will be taken away and you would suffer the consequences, right? Suffer the consequences. Um, 
Uh, do you do you guys know the story of uh, of Jacob and Esau, the twins of the twins of Isaac, right? Twin sons of Isaac. They're twins, but Esau's born first. So as as uh, the firstborn. It's his right, he has the birthright um, to inherit everything that belongs to his father, right? Um, but he doesn't value his birthright. He doesn't value it the way it's supposed to be valued. So he's, he trades it in for a meal. Look, look at this, Genesis, Genesis chapter 25, verse 31 and 34. This is just um, 30, uh, verse 34. It says, uh, then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as firstborn son. When you, when you uh, don't value what you have, when you don't value the gifts you've been given, you run the risk of misusing it and abusing it and eventually losing it to someone who would value it, right? And a uh, quick, quick uh, little story about what happens to Jacob. Jacob goes on and he, uh, through some shady ordeals, he, he also gets the blessing but it was his anyway. If you, if you got the birthright, then you should get the blessing. And as the firstborn of Isaac, he inherits the blessing of Abraham. Remember that? The blessing, it was, uh, I'll, I'll make you a, a great nation. I'll multiply, your, your, um, your, your, I'll multiply you like the sands on the seashore and, and the stars in the sky. And I'll, whoever blesses you will be blessed and whoever curses you will be cursed. That belongs to the, birth, that belongs to the firstborn of Isaac, right? That gets passed down. Jacob does get it, and then and Jacob goes on to wrestle with God. He, he gets a name change from Jacob to Israel. Israel, Jacob, has 12 sons. They become the 12 tribes of Jacob. God multiplies them. Those tribes of Jacob, Israel, become a nation of Israel, right? And that's, that nation of Israel is the same nation of Israel today that we know today, right? So um, the nation of Israel should have been the nation of Esau, but Esau got hungry one day. He didn't value his birthright, and he traded it for lentil stew, right? Yuck. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, even, wasn't even a steak dinner. It wasn't even a good meal. Lentil stew and bread. See the comparison? No, nowhere near is it a close trade-off, but he didn't value it, and he lost it, right? Um, um, look, I want to tell you, you're not worthless, right? You're not worthless. Your, your gifts, your strengths, your abilities, they're not worthless, so uh, don't behave like it. Don't, don't behave like you're worthless. Because what do you do with something that is worthless or, or useless or has lost its value? You toss it, right? You throw it away. And the master said, that's what the master said. He said, he said throw, this, throw this worthless servant away. Throw this useless servant into outer darkness, right? Um, I, I used to think uh, when, I, when I used to read this growing up, I thought that was like a tough uh, tough punishment for somebody who was just lazy, somebody who didn't work the gift, right? Um, but I think there's more to it um, than that. He, he didn't work his gift, so the master called him lazy, right? I get it. Um, but the master also calls him wicked, right? Wicked. So why, why wicked? I get the lazy, but why, why the wicked? I think it's because he didn't really know the master, right? He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's called a servant. He's a so-called servant of the master, but he doesn't know the master that he serves. He just, he, he knows things about him, right? And if you know about me, uh, that's a lot different than knowing, knowing me, really knowing me. You know, he, he knows things like, well, you, you, I knew you harvest where you, where you didn't plant. Okay, that's knowing about me, but, but he, he didn't really know the master that he claimed to serve. And I'll prove it. Um, 
Uh, so remember in the beginning uh, of the story, the master's allocating the gifts, right? And he's, he's, he's entrusting it to the servants, and he's doing it with expectation. And we, we talked about what the expectation is, but how did the first two servants know what the master expect and the last servant didn't? Because he never, he never says it. He never, he never outright says, here, take this. I want you to do this, this, and that with it. He just, he just hands it out. So how do they know and the third servant didn't? I think it's because um, they really know, they really knew the servant of the master. They really had a relationship with the master, right? And uh, when you really know who you serve, then you really know what they expect of you without them even expressing it, without them even expressing it. And, and, and we, see that, uh, we see that when the master, when, the master uh, ret- when, he, when he returns and they give an account, he says, well done to the, to the, uh, to the two servants, the first two servants, right? So, um, I'm, I'm t- so I'm saying that the, um, the third servant showed by his behavior that he didn't really know who he was serving. And uh, I'm, so I'm going to call that, that's what I'm calling uh, the value of, of knowing him, the value of knowing him. Um, him being being Jesus. I, I don't. Uh, if you haven't made that connection, uh, G, the master in the story is Jesus. It represents Jesus. He's he's gone away and expected to return. And those who who really know him, they know what he expects, right? So we get to work using what he's entrusted to us to serve others. Um, but there are those who who claim to know him. And, and they don't really have a relationship with him at all. And uh, uh, two weeks ago in Pastor Scott's message on the prodigal son, he, he called these people religious people, right? And, um, and that, that was, I think that was like spot on, right? Um, they, they're religious. They, 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 they have a form of godliness, but deny the true power that can save their lives. Um, Jesus says this about those types of people. He says, Matthew 15 and 8, um, the, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their hearts are far from me. You, you, you serve me. Yeah, you say you serve me with your mouth, but that's, that's, that's lip service. You don't, you don't really know me. You don't really have a relationship with me at all, right? The master said, he said, you wicked servant. You wicked servant. You, 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 you claim to know me. You, you, know, you, you, you call yourself a servant, but you don't, you don't have any connection to me at all. And uh, there's, so there's, uh, there's tons of value to knowing him, knowing Jesus. Uh, in the context of this parable, um, the value of knowing him is that you know what he expects of you. You know what he expects of you. Uh, my, my daughters, look, my daughters know. They're, they're at the age, they, they know what I expect, right? They have a relationship with me. They, they spend time with me. They, they, they're connect, they, we have a connection. They know my patterns. They know my likes, my dislikes. I don't like when you throw my keys in the toilet. They, they know, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to express that. Um, so if something happens um, where they have to give an account to me, I don't want to hear any excuses because I don't, yeah, I don't have to say don't do that. You know, You're, you know. Um, that, and that's the value of knowing him, right? And so... Um, Look what, look what Jesus says. Let me, let me show you this. Um, he says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord. Th- I'm sorry, this is Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 and 23, through 23. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven, on, on, in, who do the will of my Father in heaven. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we, pref- we 
Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name and we performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. That's, that is a very similar way that Jesus responded in, in the, uh, the parable before this one, before the, the parable of the talents. Uh, it's called the parable of the, the ten virgins or the parable of the bridesmaids. Um, Jesus is telling a story and he's, he's teaching about, uh, he's teaching about um, uh, readiness and being prepared, right? And to those who weren't ready, weren't prepared, at the end he says, I never knew you. I never knew you. You claim to know me, but I never knew you. So depart from me, right? Depart from me. The master in the story said the same. He said, he said, uh, throw the, he said you, you, you wicked servant, you wicked servant, claiming to know me, but have no real connection to me, no, no relationship with me at all. Get away from me, right? Get away from me. And um, so I learned uh, through studying this, I, I actually learned the, the core value, the core message uh, in this parable. And I missed it for, for many, many years. I missed it. Uh, it's what we call the, uh, the moral of the story, right? And, and it's that uh, you can, the, that you, there's value. There's value in knowing Jesus, right? True value in knowing Jesus. Because the more you know him, the more you, you're able to identify and, and recognize what your gifts are, what, he, what gifts he's given you. And the more you know your gifts, the more you value the gifts that he's giving you, right? And the more you know him, the more you know that those gifts belong to him and he has entrusted them to you with the expectation that you would use them in service of others to provide increase, to produce increase, right? Um, so no wonder people, people walk around life or wander through life aimless without a sense of, of, of purpose or, or a sense of knowing what their gifts are. It's because they don't know the giver of gifts, right? And the more you, the more you know them, the more you, the, the more you're able to recognize what your what those gifts are. Um, so I'm gonna yeah, I'll close this in prayer. I'll just say this last piece. Uh, Jesus is still doing uh, a good work here on earth, right? He's still doing his work, but he wants to do it through us. He wants to use us, you and I. He wants to use. So he's given us he's given us gifts, strengths, abilities and spouses, and children, and testimonies, all, all gifts he wants us to use to serve others for the benefit of the kingdom, right? Just like he did when he was on earth, on earth as it is in heaven, right? So, uh, yeah, I'll close this in prayer. Lord, seal up this word. Trap this word in our hearts, in our minds. Let it ring in our ears. Let us use it when, when we have need. Lord, let, let, us, let us marinate on this word. I know that your word goes out and it does not return to you void. And I'm believing that, Lord, that the, your word went out into good ground. Plant this word in, in our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. Amen. Thank you, John, give him a... Whoa, there we go. I came in hot there for a second. Give him a hand. Thank you, John, so much. John's message reminded me of one of my favorite verses that we've looked at here a lot at New Story Church. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul's talking about the resurrected life and the gospel. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, he ends it off with saying, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your work is not in vain in the Lord. When we've committed our lives to Christ, given our lives to him, whatever we work, work we do in the name of Jesus will 
not return void. It will not return in vain. And he's called us to do a good work. And so, so thankful for reminding us of that here today, John, that don't bury it. Whatever God has given you, don't bury it. Don't bury it. Don't bury it.